This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, John Carlson returns with a fresh Vancouver Market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And we told you about the high point of the week for investors last hour as Apple hit $1 trillion in value this week. Well, the other side of that coin is Tesla, which on Wednesday reported its largest quarterly loss in history and that it had burned through $430 million in cash in three months. But investors didn't go nuts because they had actually be expecting worse. The electric car company said it lost more than $717 million bucks in the second quarter, but its cash burn rate was less than investors expected. And the company had $2.2 billion in cash at the end of the quarter. Tesla's stock was up more than 10% at one point after hours trading. The big worry for investors is the Tesla Model 3, the $35,000 electric car that's supposed to revolutionize the car biz. Well, the big problem is delivery. Tesla still hasn't managed to deliver many of these new, less expensive cars, despite many thousands of consumers lining up to deposit a grand to reserve one. And now industry analysts say the demand may be falling off. At least Tesla boss Elon Musk managed to behave himself during this investor conference, unlike the last quarterly meeting when he told investors their questions were boring and refused to answer them. Well, according to a new survey from the U.S. auto analytical firm Edmunds, 0% vehicle finance deals are becoming much harder to find. It's a combination of three factors. First, the U.S. Federal Reserve has raised and will continue to raise interest rates across the board. Second, sticker prices are up on most cars despite their declining market share. And third, the demand for light trucks and SUVs is through the roof. So why not charge more? So this means somewhat higher down payments and some interest charges on car financing for those who want to buy new vehicles. Some of this reduced zero financing is offset by car makers offering cash incentives, but the new reality is higher interest rates everywhere. For Canadians, the worries about future tariffs from Washington and higher costs because of them could see a busier 2018 model year-end than we've seen in several years. Watch for the deals over the next few weeks. I suppose some people were surprised by this, but I see it as being right in line for corporate beverage makers. Molson Coors announced this week it's going to partner with Quebec-based Hydropothecary Corporation to produce a non-alcoholic cannabis-infused beverage. This won't be available until next year when edibles will be allowed. And yes, cannabis oil-infused drinks are considered edibles. And so when new regulations to come out to control that sector of the cannabis market, this product will be available. Still, Molson says even though they're a beer business at the core, the company recognizes a potentially red-hot consumer market when it sees one, and this is an opportunity not to be missed. Molson Coors will own 58% of the business. Hydropothecary will hold the balance. The deal is obviously subject to various approvals. It's expected to close by the end of September. My first clue about the corporatization of the cannabis
cannabis industry was the Shoppers Drug Mart medical pot-by-mail deal set up months ago to say nothing of some mega-million-dollar production companies that have flourished years before legalization, which, by the way, is still set for October 17th. And here's a reminder from TransLink for tonight and for fans of the Honda Celebration of Light. TransLink is increasing transit service and extending hours to ensure dependable rides to and from the big fireworks show. Expo and Millennium train lines will run more frequently than usual through the entire evening, and Canada Line trains will be on a rush hour schedule all evening, hopefully not experiencing any of the problems they had yesterday. There will also be a special West Coast Express train for tonight's finale, and C-Bus sailings will run every 10 minutes until 8 o'clock and every 15 minutes after that until midnight. Tonight, the fireworks finale begins at 10 o'clock with what is expected to be a very flashy display from South Korea, and the last trains depart from Waterfront at approximately 1.15. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at more later in the hour, but coming up in just a few moments, John Carlson will be here with lots more on real estate in Metro Vancouver and to talk about pricing and positioning in this ever-changing real estate reality. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson from 1% Realty and Johnny1percent.com. Hello, John. Good afternoon, Sterling. Good to be back. Good to have you with us on this uh, long weekend. It's just a early, early August, BC Day on Monday. So we've got some July numbers from the real estate people for you to take a look at on our behalf. Uh, give us an overview of uh, what's going on in Metro Vancouver these days. Yes, uh, kind of timely because the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, of course, just re- uh, released their uh, statistics for July of 2018. Okay. And for those who've been following the market and a little bit of the slowdown uh, that we've been having, we'll see that really this trend has continued for July. Uh, you know, it's funny, I listened to the news the other night and they said it was the slowest month in sales since the turn of the century. Mm-hmm. And I found that a little bit startling. That's right. I realized it's more like about 18 years. But exactly. still, still, uh, the market is down uh, in sales compared to, say, July of last year, 2007, with overall sales down 30%. Okay. So that was one of the all-time high months, of course, but we're definitely seeing uh, an adjustment in terms of the number of buyers purchasing, uh, particularly in the detached segment. This is the second consecutive month, statistically, that the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver has reported buyer's market territory in the detached housing segment. Okay. Uh, prices haven't come down all that much uh, yet in terms of statistics, but um, you know there are price reductions out there and buyers are having a little bit of a better time, especially in the detached housing market where they can take a little bit more time and maybe compare and be a little bit more of a bargain hunter than in years past. Well, let me talk to you about that for just a second, because this is terminology that's very sort of uh, everyday stuff for you in the real estate business. But for those of us, especially first timers, either sellers or buyers, when one is when the marketplace is said to be in buyer's market territory, what does that mean for people who are shopping for a place to live this afternoon? Well, that means that uh, that means that the market is favoring buyers, and prices are likely to come down if we stay in buyers' market territory. Buyers' market territory is defined by a ratio of sales in any given time versus new listings. Okay. So, if everything's selling under the sun, it's sellers' market territory because buyers have very few choices, and that has changed. So, uh, the real estate board uh, defines the buyers' market territory as twelve percent active sales to active listing ratios, and if you stay at twelve percent or under for a period of time. 
prices should drop statistically, whereas over 20 or 30% ratios, we're looking at prices going up. The condo and townhome markets are relatively balanced. Right, I'm right. seeing some statistical price reductions here and there, and we may have seen you know, a plateau in those markets. Detached segment for sure, though, has seen um, a little bit of a shift. Okay, so now, it has been, you talk about the turn of the century, it's still only 18 years, and thank goodness for that, but my gosh, what an 18-year wild ride in Metro Vancouver for real estate. The turn of the century, we're only 18 years into the new one, John, and it has been an absolutely bizarro real estate ride. Well, it just goes to show you that things go up and down, and I remember that market 20 years ago, I've been, this is my 22nd year in the business, but... I can only give my opinions here, but I'm not concerned that the market's going off a cliff or that we have a bubble that's bursting. But uh, what I do see is that, um, you know, there are some factors that have changed the market. The market this year, the dynamics are completely different. Right. And I would also argue that the confidence in the market is a little bit different. Last year, if I'm a buyer, I'm thinking I better buy today because uh, it'll cost me more tomorrow. The old FOMO, fear of missing out. And that was a major factor for a while, wasn't it? You just you got to get in, got to get you got to get on here. This is you you, you don't want to miss this one. Well, some people listening can relate to this because sure. I had buyers clients and you know, in the heat of the market, you may have lost two or three or four times in other multiple offer situations and when you finally get to that next one, sometimes you're ready to go all in. Sure. And buyers were under a lot of pressure and uh, you know, I still see some homes with multiple offer situations and the market is it's still a good market, but uh, your strategy, if you're pricing your home and positioning your home to sell in this market, you might be thinking about it a little bit differently than if you had uh, done so last year. Okay, now you said you wanted to talk a fair bit of, on today's program, John, about those two words, pricing and positioning. Because of the ever-changing market reality we live in, first of all, from both a, a seller's and buyer's perspective, and I've, and I've mentioned this to you a couple of times over past weeks, I see this as a, as a plus. I see this as a positive so that it, we're talking about a, a purchase uh, of, of, of a residence uh, that is going to cost somebody uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and to actually have a day or two or three to sit down and maybe have an inspection take place, uh, maybe a few other considerations that, that this life-altering decision is going to include could possibly be talked about before a, a decision or an offer gets made. Unlike even a year ago, John, when we were talking about this, it was it was Looney Tunes time. If you didn't make that life-altering decision in 15 minutes, somebody else snapped it up and next, you're gone. You're done. I see today's breathable market conditions as very positive. Oh, Sterling, you're so old-fashioned. I know. I, I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I'm kidding. It is. It's great, to, you know, working with buyers, which I do frequently. It is nice to have uh, them with a little bit more comfort and a little bit more time and a little bit more power in the equation where, you know, they can say, here's my offer, and if you don't like it, I've got other options. Yeah. So you're right. You know, the market's changed. But from a seller's point of view, what do you do in today's market if you want to sell? Right. And I would suggest, of course, one of the best things you can do is to uh, call in an agent that uh, is a performing agent who knows the market and has got good track record and experience and all that sort of thing. I might be one of them. You can go to my website, johnny1percent.com. And then have a conversation with that agent about uh, what the market's doing and what your competition's doing and time on the market and maybe what, you know, your own personal situation. That's always the most important thing is... What's your situation? Do you want to sell quick? Do you want to take time? How do you want to handle it? Right. So, I should mention to our uh, friends that our guest, uh, Mr. Carlson, is uh, a very experienced realtor. He mentioned a few moments ago, 22 years in the business. 
a thousand or so homes sold over that time. Uh, a member of the President's Club, not only last year, but several years previous, the President's Club is an exclusive uh, group of individuals in the real estate community who sell uh, the in the top 1% in Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. John Carlson has been in that group many times, up to and including as recently as last year. A veteran, experienced agent. Let's get back to those two words, John. Pricing and positioning, and define them for yes. us. Yes, yes, well... Pricing, pricing is fairly obvious, but yes. positioning, what do you mean by positioning? Well, positioning uh, takes strategy into account as well. Uh, you know, oftentimes when I'm called to sit down in front of people, they ask me for my opinion of value on their property, sure. which I give them. And then, you know, it's usually a range. You know, you can always price sharp or you can add a little bit extra and, and see what the market market says. But when I'm talking about pricing and positioning, I'm trying to give people a good idea of a strategy to employ and a price range that they should introduce their property on the market. Because... You know, really, when you the first thing you want to do is you want to look at the dynamics of the market, what's the environment you're operating in, and then you want to look at the product itself and your situation and how the best way to fit into that market dynamic. Right. Um, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a guy. I'm a relatively straightforward, literal thinker, and and one of the one of the analogies that I sometimes put to people when they want to understand, you know, what's been going on in the market, I compare it to when I was a, a young boy. I used to play sports, and I'd lay down on my bed on my back, and I'd throw a, a tennis ball or a basketball up and see how close I could get it to the ceiling without touching. And, you know, every once in a while, I'd touch and leave a mark, and of course I'm going to get in trouble. Right, right. But I also had uh, a ping-pong ball, and I'd lay on my back, and I'd, I'd blow that ping-pong ball as high as I could in the air and see how long I could make it stay there. And I know a bored child, I know, <laughs> but there's an analogy there in okay. the market. Uh, that that ping-pong ball is pushed up by forces. Sure. You might not see them, but those forces, they're pushing it up. And and that's really what's been going on in the market in the last few years. Buyers competing against one another for properties, throwing over list price offers at properties, supply being down, interest rates being rock bottom, mm-hmm. access to money being easy. Then you've also got the speculation aspect and the foreign money and all these limited supply and huge demand kept pushing that ball up and up and up and up and up prices going up they don't go there by themselves but if you were to start taking some of those factors out of that upward pressure for instance the federal government introduced the stress test sure and interest rates have gone up a little bit so the access to money is more limited to the average buyer or uh, the average household income that qualifies for these mortgages doesn't cover as much money so your number of buyers in higher price ranges is reduced right we look at foreign buyer taxes we look at uh, the confidence issues that have hit the market where speculators have thought hey maybe i'll wait pull back and wait and see what happens as soon as you pull out some of these factors that are pushing up gravity takes over and sellers in this particular case start to compete with a larger volume of competitors for a smaller volume of buyers and prices work their way down so what i'm seeing now again is you know we've pressure's come off a bit, and that ping-pong ball's starting to come down just a little bit in these segments. And I expect that may continue for a little while, as long as the dynamics stay the way they are. Is there a danger, though, John, of hitting a spot where um, people are going, well, I, I see now, on the very high end, and we've talked about this in the past, you know, there are homes in West Vancouver, they were uh, on the market for $30 million. now they're, they've been discounted to $24 million. Whoa! But for the rest of us, who, who can't afford to even think in that, in that direction, we're still noticing, and you mentioned it in, in, in the month-end report, some prices on detached homes are starting to come off slightly, your word. So is there a danger of people going, well, if things are starting to come off now, I think we're just going to park and wait for things to come down to where I want them to be, and, and then I'll get into the game. Might that never, might your desired entry level never be hit? That is always a danger. They say with any market, stock market, real estate market, timing the market is not something that 
is is reliable. No right. one knows when the tops are and the bottoms are and that sure. sort of thing. So, uh, you know, and is it risky? I guess so because I've heard of stories that have been doing that very thing, waiting for the market to change since two thousand five. Absolutely, and it hasn't served them very well. So again, I can only give my opinions, but uh, the market is still has very strong fundamentals: supply, demand, influx of new immigrants, people moving to the area, limited supply. It's just that we're not uh, tuned the same way we were last year to produce these uh, real hot, heated results in terms of high prices. How do you handle the situation, John, when you're called? Somebody goes to johnny1percent.com and, and gives you a call. Because you can click on this request free market evaluation button right there on the on the homepage, right at the top. Sell your home from seventy nine fifty, and then there's a couple of lines, and then request free market evaluation. So someone requests it. Right. You go to their place, and they say, well, it's nice to meet you. Here's a cup of coffee, and here's what I want to sell my house for. This is why I've been doing a little homework. Sure. And I want to sell my house for X. Right. And you know that X is way too high. This person is never going to get that dollar for that home, no matter how hard they try. It's just unrealistic. How do you deal with the customer or the client who is convinced that that is the real market value for that home, and it's simply not the case. Well, that's that's a great question, and I'm going to put my salesman hat on here for a minute and suggest to people that, yes, this is a good idea. Go to my website, look me up. You can send me a quick message asking for a home evaluation, fill in your address and your contact info and that sort of thing, because sure. I do meet and consult with potential sellers all the time. Uh, and when it comes to meeting someone in their home and giving them opinions, I always make sure to be very respectful. This is not my home. It's not my money. And I don't know everything about these people's situation. Sure. So all I can do is tell the truth as I understand it and put my experience to work and say, hey, here, these are my thoughts. And then try to back them up with solid examples and logic and, and sales to try to present a convincing case. Uh, and some people will disagree. And, and that's fine. I'm just one person with one opinion. Sure. Uh, but yes, sometimes that can happen. In fact, I'll tell you a quick story. Another Here's another analogy that I often will use when it comes to pricing. And this kind of goes along with what you just, what you just brought up. I worked uh, several years ago for a family in Maple Ridge and sold a home. They were very happy. Their home was neat as a pin, cute. It sold quickly. They got the price. They were thrilled. Right next door, very similar house. They said, you know, go see our, our friend Ian. He's selling next door and he wants to talk to you. So okay. I got to see Ian a short time later. And uh, Ian had the same house, but condition was much, much different. It was much lesser. It needed, you know, some needed attention. some work. Needed work. Needed time. Needed needed money. So same needed. house, same street, just yeah. not the same value. Not the same value. Right. And Ian was ready to go. Hey, John, you're my guy. My neighbors loved you. I'm ready. Let's list. Let's list. Same price as the neighbors. My job is to give good advice. And I was saying to Ian, well, Ian, you know. I don't think you should list for the same price as the neighbors because we have, you know, carpets need doing and countertops. And there was a whole range of yeah. things. And Ian kept saying to me, you know, John, well, hey, they can write an offer. They can write an offer. And I didn't feel I was getting through. So a thought came to me. And Ian, being a bachelor, I thought, how will I communicate this to, to this potential client and give him good advice? And this was my thought. I said to Ian, we were sitting in his kitchen at his table. And I said, Ian, think of pricing this way. Instead of sitting here in your kitchen, we're at a club or a dance and we're having a drink, we're having a good time, we're talking. But I look over my shoulder and there sitting right at the table beside us is George Clooney. And guess what? His buddy Brad Pitt is there with him. And I said, now, Ian, here's the kicker. At this dance, there's only two girls. What do you think is going to happen? And of course, we laugh a bit. And Ian replies to me, you know, one of us better have a deck of cards. And I slapped that table so hard and I said, exactly, Ian, we're not going to be asked to dance. Right. Why? Because we're comparing ourselves to something too great. And that is pricing. You set your expectation level in terms of the price you have and you have to be able to back it up. And if there is competition that's bigger, better, grander in your price range, chances are you will not get that offer. 
I'm Sterling Fox. John Carlson from 1% Realty in studio with me. Johnny1percent.com is the website, and that's where you learn about the 1% Realty business model. John, and frankly, we've been talking a lot about pricing and positioning and uh, what's going on in the in the ever-changing Metro Vancouver real estate dynamic. But one of the things we haven't talked about at all on the show yet is the 1% business model, which is quite distinctly different from pretty much the way everybody else in the business does business in Metro Vancouver. Yes, it's got a unique business model and it's one that appealed to me and I ended up joining the company in 2010 after many years at other companies and uh, you know I've never looked back quite frankly. At 1% Realty our commission structure is a little different than uh, the majority. There's no set commissions of course but you find it very common that an agent may quote you 7% of the first $100,000 of your sale plus 2.5% of the balance. Right. And you know depending on the price range I often will save my clients compared to that commission structure Five, ten, fifteen, even thirty, forty thousand dollars, depending on the on the on the price, uh, you know, the price of the property. So basically, the way it works with with me is uh, any property up to seven hundred thousand dollars in sale price is a flat fee of seven thousand nine hundred and fifty, seventy nine fifty plus GST. If you go over seven hundred thousand, it's one percent of the sale price plus nine hundred and fifty dollars. So eight hundred thousand, eighty nine fifty, a million. Uh, uh, 10, 950. Don't test my math any further. No, it's okay. But uh, rather than have you embarrass yourself trying to do live (laughs) math, which I constantly do, let me just direct our listeners to johnny1percent.com, where the math has been done extremely well, and it's been put together in a nice little grid. About halfway down the home page at johnny1percent.com is is a a, a section called Savings You'll Enjoy. And there's a grid on the middle of the home page that says, that uh, points out how much will you save save. And, and if, for example, let's take a million dollar property, John, sure. and, and you start at 300000 and you go up to $5 million. Sure. But, it, but let's take a million dollar property because in Metro Vancouver these days, that's not an unusual number anymore. Yeah. So a million dollar property, 1% realty commission paid would be $10,950. Uh, based on that uh, uh, agenda or that schedule that you quoted from other bros, most other brokers, right. they, their commission schedule for the same $1 million sale would be $29,500 to the seller of that home had they used the 1% agent and the business model that individual would, would pocket an additional 18950 bucks simply by having chosen 1% realty close to twenty grand. you get to keep well that's why I'm on the radio Sterling and that's why I'm on the Vancouver Consumer Show uh, because a lot of consumers are unaware or maybe they've heard about 1% Realty and someone's told them gee that's not a good idea because you won't get a good agent or you won't be on MLS or you won't have any photos or you got some part-time agent working at Burger King flipping burgers and then when he gets around to your sale I mean, and all these things are, are, are kind of ridiculous. Well but let's talk about it though because if you're, you're, you're talking now about individuals who are unfamiliar with the 1% Realty exactly. business model and the 1% story and they they may have only heard about it from a third party. Right. And, and, and as consumer, this is the Vancouver Consumer Show, and we consumers are a pretty highly educated, price-sensitive bunch, yes. and continue to be so. So the more homework we do, uh, and the more we find out ways to save ourselves money, the more the 1% realty business model begins to make unbelievable sense to us. We just don't get the fact that by saving ourselves money, we're not doing ourselves a disservice by getting less because we're, 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 we've done, we've dealt down in numbers. 
Or you don't have to, to, to do less. I do business at John Carlson Personal Real Estate Corporation. Right. And my website's Johnny 1%, and I'm at 1% Realty. And I, I, you know, I think I offer out the best or among the best value on the market right now for a seller in terms of what I provide. I don't cut corners. I do open houses, photos, virtual tours, good marketing. And a good agent, I think, really uh, gets to work when an offer comes in. And an experienced agent is, uh, I think, better at an unexperienced, inexperienced agent at defending a seller's price when it comes to, to negotiating and also maybe making sure the terms are to the benefit of the client. So, again, yeah, I experience savings results. I'm an experienced agent, lots of sales. I uh, produce great results, and people save money working with me. But do other realtors work with you too? Because you 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 challenge their income levels uh, to the point where I'm sure not everyone is really happy about that. And and so if 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 there's an opportunity not to deal with you, um, will some of these realtors go? Oh, let's not deal with those people. Well, I'm happy to say that the agents I've worked with, and by and large, are a very nice ethical bunch. We understand that we have agency relationships with clients, and that we owe those clients the duty to show them all available properties if they're buying clients of us. Also, the buyers know about the listing. They're on MLS. They're out there with all the well, other Well, that's it. So, See, yeah. You know, that's not really a problem. And statistically, I'd say at least 90% of my listings over the time I've been at 1% really have been sold by other uh, agents. So, yes, they do show and sell. And that's the big question that sometimes people will have. They think if you don't offer as much commission that you won't get the support. But, again, for the reasons I just mentioned, they do. And, and I would argue that, you know, I couldn't be successful and I couldn't sell this many properties if other agents didn't show my properties. It really comes down to buyers being comparison shoppers and making value judgments on the properties that they look at. And if they like your property and it's priced and positioned in the right way where the right buyer, maybe not everybody, but the right person who wants exactly what you're offering sees value, you're going to get the offer. So commissions don't sell properties. Proper pricing, uh, positioning, and negotiating do sell properties. Right, right, exactly. Uh, let's uh, let's hear from a client. So this is a, a woman in Port Coquitlam that has worked with John recently and quite successfully to sell a property. Here's Shelley. Um, probably mainly the savings um, that was very apparent that we would receive going with 1% over going with a traditional real estate um, where they collect their certain amount of fees. So um, it was... You could easily do the math. There's probably about 10000 10, worth of savings um, that you could see right away just going with one person. Well, there you go. It's all about doing the math. And even if you're not particularly red hot at, at doing it on the radio, and neither am I, if you sit down with a pencil and paper and do the math, John, and you, t- you look at the 1% business model versus everyone else's, the math speaks for itself. You don't need anything else. As Shelley points out, do the math. Yes, and, and it's not everyone else. I mean, there are foreclosures that lenders are not offering the same 7 and 2.5 and sure. others. There's other, others out there. But yes, our, our listings... It's great to hear from Shelley. I mean, uh, tell I us not, about the property. Well, I had not met her before, and um, you know, she called me in to look at a townhouse in Port Coquitlam. I love working in Port Coquitlam Tri Cities. I live in West Maple Ridge, Maple Ridge Mission, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam, Burnaby, Vancouver. I'm all over the place. Mm-hmm. But um, had a, a condo and an affordable segment that had some renovations, some still left to do. We talked about pricing. We talked about strategy, and uh, you know, we positioned it. I think. I think well. We had within the first week we had good action, and within the first week to two weeks we had an accepted offer and now it's sold and you know my theory is people don't like hearing a salesman talk about what he does it's nice to hear somebody else uh you know and so thank you shelly for putting in a good word for me i'm glad that you got about ten thousand dollars more in your pocket now than had you worked 
perhaps with one of these other agents that you were talking to. And uh, I'd like, I just want to thank you for helping me put the message out to other sellers that you might want to give me a call because I might have some good money for you. Oh, and Shelly's not quite done yet, Ben. Let's, oh, uh, let's uh, get some more from Shelly here. Um, I would recommend him 100%. Um, like I said, you're going to get the great service. You're never going to guess what's going on. He'll be straightforward up front with you. Um, but also, um, everything is still left to your own decision. If you don't agree with something, he doesn't push it on you. So um, you get the best of both. You get his expertise, but you also get your, your say in it, too. Well, that's, that's complimentary, too, because uh, Shelley's not uh, uh, the first person we've heard from in terms of John's clients on this program who, who make an important point from, from me as a consumer. I don't appreciate high-pressure sales types. And Shelley, as the most recent of several of your clients that we've heard from on this program who say, John doesn't crowd you. He gives you the straight goods and lets you make the call and have a discussion and you come up with a solution that works. There's no pressure. And that's so important because there's already there's there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars flying around. Isn't that enough pressure already? True. And and thanks for mentioning that, Sterling, because that's probably one of the best compliments I can get from my clients. Uh, You know, doing a good job is wonderful and not pressuring them because oftentimes people feel a little bit out of their element when they're dealing with real estate. And that's why they call a professional. So I'm available, and uh, my information's on my website. And, you know, feel free to give me a try for yourself. All the information you probably want, to, most importantly, is the phone number, and that's 604-612-0080. Again, 604-612-0080. Uh, or you can just go to the website. If you're driving right now and you can't take notes, just remember johnny1percent.com when you get home, and all of the information, all the contact points are right there. 604-612-0080. But not just this moment. Uh, give me a few more minutes with John uh, before we, before you start getting in touch with him. Uh, lots more on the website to look at, lots of new listings, and you wanted to tell us about one this afternoon. Yeah, uh, well, I, I have some new listings, and there's one of note that I wanted to pass on. If you go to my website, uh, johnny1percent.com, and go to the 3D tours, this one's mapped out in 3D, and the address is 23841 105 Avenue in Maple Ridge. This is the Albion area by the Albion Sports Complex. Okay, yeah. Beautiful area. This house was built in 99, but it was fully renovated about uh, eight years ago. Um, Granite and air conditioning, about a quarter acre yard. This yard is amazing. I mean, it's like the Grouse Grind Nature Trail. It's a sloped up at the back. There's a 10 by 10 um, yoga studio with power and a little private little patio for your, your relaxation uh, waterfall on the property oh man-made. My. So anyway, go take a look at 23841 105th Avenue. It's shown by appointments only, but you can walk through it and see the pictures. That's my feature of the week. All right. Now, virtual tours. You see, this is another... Again, when, when people start thinking about the 1% business model, John, they start thinking, well, they must be cutting corners. They're, they're, you know, because they're not making the same kind of loop that the other competitors may be, then somewhere in the equation, uh, the, the deal suffers because there's just less available, less right. funds flowing around. Right. So, But you go to johnny1percent.com and you've got all of the bells and whistles that anybody else in the real estate business anywhere in British Columbia has these days. Well, yeah, I think I do a lot of the same things that a lot of other agents do and we all have our own things that we can provide. But uh, I definitely consider myself a full service agent and I, uh, you know, I don't cut corners and people wonder, gee, how can you do that? Well, 
I do a fair bit of volume. Right. I do a lot of volume. Right. And uh, I also work with buyers. And in fact, sometimes with these new changes to agency, people call an agent and the agent's a little hesitant to talk to them because you know they have to be careful how they disclose agency relationships and get permission and that sort of thing. And buyers, you know, they seem to be okay with it so far from what I can tell, but I just want to put something out there. If you're looking to buy a home and you do not have representation, you might want to call me. An experienced agent in your area who can help negotiate good terms for you and help you find the right property uh, is really going to be key because I think right now the trend is, although it's still technically possible to write an offer through the listing agent without being represented at all, right. a lot of people are kind of shying away from that now with these new disclosures. And, and so just, you know, I, I specialize in saving people money when they sell their homes, but I also work with buyers. And uh, again, if you're looking to buy a property uh, and you want someone on your side who knows what they're doing, give me a call. Go to my website. And that goes right back to what we began talking about at the beginning of the hour, pricing and positioning. Whether you're buying or selling, your positioning in the arrangement, in the negotiating process, is key to coming out successfully, regardless of what side of the table you're on. That's right. There's a lot of money involved, as you said, in these purchases. And I really believe that a good agent, a really experienced agent who has been successful and knows how to uh, negotiate terms, can probably put uh, money in your pocket in that perspective as well. So again, agency representation, very important. Uh, Good to have a good agent on your side. And you've said many times on this program, it's not rocket science, and it isn't. But, you know, for those of us who only do it once or two or maybe even a half dozen times in our lives, it's still really complicated, John. You do this every day. It's what you do. For the rest of us, it's a very rare occasion that we go to the real estate sector for anything. So, And it changes. Every time you go there, it's different. All the more reason to have an experienced professional in your corner. I agree. Well, okay. <laughs> so, if you're looking for that experienced professional, he's sitting right across from the table. The table from me right now. His name is John Carlson. He represents One Percent Realty. His website is Johnny One Percent dot com, on which you'll find and go to it and have a look around. And most importantly, take a few moments on that grid and find out where your home is. There are lots of sample numbers you can figure out pretty easily where your home is going to slot in and the value you think you're you're after. And you can see for yourself, as plain as the nose on your face, the substantial savings in commissions you, the seller, are going to keep for yourself simply by dealing with an experienced professional like John Carlson. The number to call him, and you uh, you have him now. As of 30 seconds from now, he's all yours. 604-612-0080. 604-612-0080. That's John Carlson from 1% Realty. Uh, a busy weekend, long weekend. Not everybody on vacation, John. Lots of people shopping for homes. It's a, it's a big time. Still some work to do, yes. And uh, But it's been great to be here today, and I want to say thanks and invite people to get in touch with me um, you know, over the weekend or after they get back. Alright, johnny1percent.com has all the information. John Carlson from 1% Realty. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson of 1% Realty for another very informative visit. Next weekend, we'll have more on debt issues from our friends at BDO First Call Debt Solutions. And pharmacist Alan Glasser will have tons of tips on pain management. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer Ben Dooley has a look at renewed warnings about drownings. Thanks, Sterling. While many people are enjoying the recent stretch of hot summer weather, Search and rescue volunteers say there is a dark side. This year, there have been 34 drowning deaths around the province, prompting a renewed warning to be safe when you're cooling off and stay out of the water if you're impaired by alcohol or drugs, 
Here's Dale Miller with the Life Saving Society. So many of them are, are preventable that uh, uh, we, we hope people will listen to the messages and, and also listen to stories of friends and relatives because just about everybody has a story of a near drowning. Popular spots to cool off like Bunsen Lake, Alice Lake and Golden Ears Park have all seen drownings this summer. Failing to take the proper care around the water can put others at risk. So far this year, several would-be rescuers have died while the original victim survived. Here's Sandra Riches with BC Adventure Smart. Think about where you are. Think about the temperature of that water and how it could affect you. Making logical decisions in the backcountry, in the situation you're in, on the trail near the water is critical. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. Before you take off this long weekend, here's a reminder to make sure you're well-rested and alert for the drive. If at all possible, Global News is reporting the number of collisions over the BCD weekend spikes significantly every year, and in many cases due to driver fatigue. ICBC is quoted as saying it's quite deadly, and it has one of the highest crash rates, referring to the BC Day long weekend. Weekends. What we do see at the insurance company is about an average of 2,200 crashes, and that results in over 600 injuries and several fatalities. Apparently, there's some miscommunications or maybe just misunderstandings when it comes to driver fatigue. Many drivers think, well, I'll just have another double-double and that'll get me through it, or turn up the radio or roll down the windows. But really, those are really not the solutions. ICBC says, for example, if you do feel drowsy, Rather than turning up the radio or rolling down the window, pull over. If you have a passenger in your vehicle, let them take over for part of the drive or just have a rest. And they also recommend that if possible, you avoid driving at night and start the road trip in the morning. Seems almost silly to remind ourselves of such basic rules, but the statistics don't lie. And we know anything we can do to reduce accidents on the long weekend is just a good thing. Vancouver and now Toronto, too, have a celebrity announcing rapid transit systems. And even though Toronto folks appear to be less than impressed, their transit system couldn't find a homegrown celeb of their own. Well, now transit riders in Edmonton are saying, hey, what about our guy? We got a celeb. How about Tommy Chong? Shortly after Seth Rogen decided to voice the stops on the SkyTrain here in Vancouver, there's an online petition to recruit Tommy Chong to perform the same job on the LRT system in Edmonton. And it's gathering names. We in Vancouver like to claim Tommy as our own because, well, he lived here back in the 60s. He opened a nightclub and played guitar in local bands including The Shades and Bobby Taylor in the Vancouver's, but Tommy Chong was born in Edmonton. He says he's willing, and like Seth Rogen, he's also willing to do the work for free, as long as he's given a little room to ad-lib. <laughs> Is any Canadian city ready for one half of Cheech and Chong on their public transit system? Absolutely, says Edmonton. This is something I think more than just I want to hear. Far out, man. And that is our show for today on this BC Day long weekend. Produced, as always, by Ben Dooley. Andrew Ferreira is at the controls. We do appreciate your input. If you have any ideas or suggestions for our show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on 980 CKNW.
The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.